to the feminist history party you've been waiting for. This is Nevertheless She Existed. This is the podcast about the women of history who are underappreciated, overlooked, or sometimes completely forgotten about. That's right. I keep saying this uh, sexier and sexier every time, so here we go. <laughs> the stories you'll hear on this podcast are recorded live in New York City at Caveat, your favorite speakeasy that gets you a little smarter and a little drunker on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Nothing sexier than a basement comedy club. <laughs> On each episode, we invite kick-ass storytellers, comedians, rappers, and Princeton professors to celebrate a lady who you should know about. And Molly and I will Mm. kick off the episode with just a dash of context, a little history to warm you up, get you excited. We know you're busy. We're not going to give you all the context, just a dash. Just a dash before we dive in uh, to the story of a lady of yore. This is another episode of our Reproductive Rights series, Boss of Her Body. That's right. Hello, everyone. My name is Molly, and my favorite thing to wear to protests is um, definitely the vulva outfit that we have it's at so Abortion good. Access Front. It really, really, because you force uh, anti-abortion people to look at a vulva, and it's just so glorious. They they get disgusted. I'm like, you have one. Um, my favorite thing that you have ever done is there's a video online of some guy just screaming Bible verses at you while you're wearing the vulva dress <laughs> and you yelled back at him, if you can point to the clit, I'll join you. <laughs> and the cops who are separating you guys are trying so hard not to laugh. It's, it is truly so fun. And no, so far, no one has attempted even to point to the clit because they're so afraid they'll be wrong. <laughs> point to the buttholes. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you Fuck. idiot. Uh, my name is Kylie and my favorite thing to wear to a protest are sensible shoes. <laughs> You gotta. You stand. You standing for a long That's time. That's what feminism is: the fight to wear, uh, you know, Fucking sensible, sensible footwear, arch supporting footwear. <laughs> Uh, on this episode, we're going to be celebrating a lady who was loud, brassy, and wore whatever the fuck she wanted while defending reproductive rights. And so, as I've mentioned before, um, I'm a queer abortion doula. And the reason... <laughs> no, I always... I know I drop this in every episode, especially the one about cooking for some reason. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I totally got you up. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I love you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and the reason I'm able to be in this position of even offering this help and support to other people going through abortions um, is because of these reproductive rights warriors who came before me, uh, these, these badasses who, you know, when women weren't even allowed to basically take out their own line of credit, yeah. they were out in the streets giving middle fingers to all these fuckers saying, um, I own my body, go to hell. Um, <laughs> direct quote. Direct quote. <laughs> um, so let's track this a little bit. How the hell did we get from not being able to take out a line of credit, not being able to like exit <laughs> the home on our own, to being able to go pick up the pill at a CVS pharmacy and pay $25 in copay <laughs> today? Well, don't freak out. We're going to talk you through it. Mm-hmm. Little, just calm down. Don't throw your IUDs at me. <laughs> That would be so painful to just be so mad. I was like, I don't have anything on me. I guess I'll pull out my IUD and And throw throw it at Kylie. Um, We're going to tell you. So let's start with the dawn of the 20th century. Abortion was illegal. So was birth control. Although people were still trying to get both of those things because they have always wanted them and always will. That's right. Uh, There's a fucking dork named Anthony Comstock and his fucking dorky obscenity laws uh, who said that you could not 
uh, distribute information about contraception or abortion through the mail. This guy was such a fucking dork. He was a literal nobody and used to work at a dry goods store. And then all of a sudden he was like, Christ told me we're not allowed to look at porn. And what? literally his uh, laws are still influencing um, uh, legislatures today. But I digress. And he really is someone he really hated and tried to take down, but wasn't successful because he died before he could Sick. was Margaret Sanger. <laughs> yeah, she did her best to fight these obscenity laws and provide people with birth control. That was better than, you know, just sticking a bunch of crocodile shit up your vagina. See our first episode in the series for context. <laughs> <laughs> so before she died, she ended up underwriting the research for what ended up becoming the pill. <laughs> um, so in 1960, we get the first oral contraceptive. It was called Enovid, uh, and it was approved by the FDA. Uh, but we didn't get to this approval by the FDA without first using Puerto Rican women as guinea pigs to test it without their knowledge or consent. Uh, yeah, about that. So the the people who were first testing birth control pills uh, did it in Puerto Rico specifically because they were concerned that women wouldn't take the pill every day. Like we're, you know, we're so busy, uh, you know, painting our nails and ironing, ironing our underwear uh, that we might not be able <laughs> to, uh, that we would forget. So they decided to test it on Puerto Rican women with the fucked up logic that if they, uh, because they assumed that Puerto Rican women were uh, less intelligent than other women's. So they're like, if we can do it, if Puerto Rican women remember, then rich white ladies will also remember. Dear God. It's really bad. Uh, And a friendly reminder that reproductive rights history is racist racist as fuck. As fuck. We are probably not the people to talk about it, but um, (laughs) really do some homework there. Yeah. Horrible. Um, It's really horrific. Uh, But we get the pill. We get the pill. (laughs) The pill happens and it's an instant fucking hit. And how do we know it's a hit? Because the Pope loses his mind. (laughs) So pissed. He's so mad. It's hilarious. He starts speaking out against it. And this leads to states beginning to outlaw the pill. So they're outlawing this pill. And finally, in 1965, the Supreme Court gives married couples the right to use birth control, uh, saying that it was protected under the Constitution uh, under privacy. And in 1972, the Supreme Court legalizes birth control for all citizens of this country, regardless of marital status. Jesus Christ. Okay, seriously, the only advantage to being married in 1965, (laughs) truly, was that you had access to to birth control pill now. Love it. Um, And then in 1973, Roe v. Wade happens. Uh, We get access to abortion and everything's great. Right, Molly? Not... (laughs) Sorry, just definitely blew out Thorn. the mic there. Yeah, no, that's not true. Uh, so Roe happens. Everybody uh, freaks out, of course. And in 1976, we get the Hyde Amendment. And what this does it, is it bans federal funding for most abortions. And the way that they originally did it was by targeting Medicaid uh, because they're like, oh, we can't we can't change all these abortion laws. Roe's not a law of the land. But you know what we do have control over? Poor people's health care. Yeah. Uh, and this, of course... Uh, disproportionately affects low income and people of color, which, you know, circle back. Reproductive <laughs> rights history is racist as fuck. Oh. It's, I guess it's not history either. It's still happening today. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it really revs me the fuck up. Honestly, there are so many politicians today who spread this lie that your tax dollars go to abortions and they don't. They just don't because of the Hyde Amendment. Uh, the only way your tax dollars pay for abortion is if it's for the exceptions of rape, incest, or endangerment of the life of the pregnant person. Mm. Uh, and that is it. No federal funding is like raining down nope. <laughs> like a 
bad strip club uh, on abortion. It's not happening. I wish it was. That'd be sick. Um, And this is just such a, the fact that people perpetuate this lie is such a bold faced distortion of facts. Honestly, it's like that two year period where all my friends told me I looked good in crop sleeveless turtlenecks and I wore them for two years straight. And it would be like one thing if they never said anything, you know what I mean? Like they just let me wear it. But instead they like told me it looked good. They looked at my fucking face and then I believe that the government funding went to abortion. So... (laughs) That is not your fault, Kylie. (laughs) The system is set up to lie to us, and also, I feel like you would look so cute in that. Your friends were lying. Great. They're just jealous, okay? Of my arms. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, clearly, uh, since Roe, there has been a constant chipping away at access to abortion uh, at the local, state, and federal level. Politicians are pretty much treating women like we're their perpetual teenage daughters about to leave the house in spaghetti straps. Or cropped sleeveless turtlenecks. Or sleeveless turtlenecks. <laughs> Both just as racy as the other. Uh, but really, doctors and activists and true patriots, honestly, <laughs> have been fighting back. And hear us when we say we will always have abortions and we will always resist your bullshit because that is what we do bitch and we will never stop (laughs) that is my PSA no matter what you say about us on the internet yeah Uh, and Flo Kennedy didn't fucking stop she is this episode's lady of yore nailed that segue and you'll hear (laughs) about her right after the break Guess what, everyone? The Nevertheless She Existed team is growing, and we want you to be a part of it. Come hang out with us. We're cool. We are currently hiring a community manager to support us in building a community of angry, funny, feminist history nerds who love this podcast. If you or someone you know is based in New York City and wants to be part of our team, please reach out to nsc at caveat.nyc for details. Again, that's nsc at caveat.nyc for details on the position. Welcome back, folks. You're about to hear the story of Flo Kennedy with the woman of Violently Funny. Uh, We should know that these bitches rolled out on stage in full stume. That's short for costume, Molly. Uh, wearing gloves, cowboy hats, sunglasses, fur vests. They looked amazing. And that will be important in a moment. Enjoy. I know. Can I wear that outfit every day? I started ovulating the second I looked at that dress. Okay. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good? Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. I was queeving, I think. I think so, yeah. We were doing our Kegels in the green room. Don't mind us. Um, I always do Kegels anytime someone says the word Kegel. Right? It's like you hear Kegel. Thing, you're like, mm. And all of a sudden, men too. This together. guy too. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're I like, need, oh, I, I just need, did have one. I have work to do. I have work to do. <laughs> yes. Okay, so how are we going to do this? All right, guys, so I am Brittany Brave. And I am Onika McLean, and we- we're dressed like this because she dressed <laughs> like that. Exactly. <laughs> we are channeling the great, the late Florence Kennedy. Now, yes. I think the way, the best way that we can introduce. Yes, let's yes. Up for Flo, guys. Applause for Flo. Lawyer, activist, uh, feminist, badass, civil good. rights advocate. All actress as well. Actress and uh, and she defended abortion rights. She did. She did a lot of things for feminism, um, mm-hmm. for black women, and also for reproductive rights. But I feel like the best way to introduce Flo is a quote that we found from People Magazine in 1974. Take it away. They said that Flo was the biggest, loudest, loudest 
and indisputably the rudest mouth on the battleground where, where feminist activists, activists and radical, radical politics join in a mostly common cause. Yeah. And if she were around today, she would be a host of our podcast. Okay. She would. She would. <laughs> That's just she true. She'll be number three, actually. She would, yes. Yeah. And no matter whether Flo was protesting in a courtroom, outside a courtroom, on the streets, on the campus of Harvard University, mm-hmm. she would rock her handy-dandy lucky cowboy hat, her fluorescent sunglasses, right. her pins, her accessories, her scarves, and she made it known what her opinions and her beliefs she were. She wanted to dress like someone was saying, you shouldn't be dressed like that. Exactly. She's like, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And she used to always put up her middle finger. So let's put up our middle finger, guys. Right now. Come on. In honor to of the flow. establishment. In honor of flow. Like, fuck that. All right, Flo. Okay, so let's cool. do a little bit of history on Florence Kennedy. Let's Florence go. Kennedy better known as Flo Kennedy, was born February 11th, 1916. Uh, any other Aquarians in the house? Yeah, me too. That's why, that's why you wanted to do it. That's she exactly why I wanted to do like, it. I yeah. like her. I like her. I was like, what about this other one? She's like, hmm. No. Um, okay, whatever. As an Aquarius, she was a natural humanitarian. What, what? Okay. Born... <laughs> In Kansas City, Missouri, uh, she was the second of five daughters. She survived bigotry, the Great Depression, and more. And after the death of her mother to cancer, she decided to move to New York City. And it wasn't a part of her plan to pursue college or a formal education, but, but she, she did, did. at mm-hmm. Columbia University. But you know what happened in Com- Columbia? They tried to not let her in. Yeah. They were like, oh, we have no more space. And she was like, oh, no, motherfucker. I call bullshit, motherfucker. I'm calling bullshit. Mm-hmm. And she threatened to sue them, right? Yeah. And then they were like, wait, we weren't going to let you in. It wasn't because you were black. It was because you, you were a woman. woman. Is that crazy? She was like, oh, because my uh-huh. vagina, my vagina stopped me. And she was like, I call bullshit. <laughs> I think it's both, and I'm going to burn your fucking building down. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then they let her in, and then she was the only black female that graduated Columbia University. Only and, black yeah. female. Mm-hmm. Eight women in her law class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1951. Then in 1954, she went on to open her own law office. Now, she represented a lot of really cool people. Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday. Yeah, right. The Black Panthers. The Black Panthers. She got like 21 Black Panthers acquitted, right? Yeah. Yes. That's like badass, right? Yep. Let's give it up for Flo. I'm just give saying. Give it up for Flo. <laughs> she did more in one year than I've done in a lifetime, so shout out to Flo. Yeah. Shout out to Flo. Um, so she, her big thing was that she was drawing the connection between feminists and how their work was better for society at large, not just for women of color, but for all women and for everyone around them. So much of her career was trying to delineate these similarities between racial and gender-related oppression. She helped start, she started the National Organization uh, for Women. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And then, then uh, she started the Organization for Feminism, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where the they feminist had party. Uh, um, the Feminist Party and, uh, what's the, Shirley Chisholm. Yes. Shirley Chisholm. Like, she was that gateway for Shirley Chisholm to be the first black person to, black woman to run for president, right? Let's give it up for Shirley Chisholm. But we have to talk about Flo's work in abortion, Brittany, right? We absolutely do. So, she co-authored the book Abortion Rap with Diane Shoulder, but Mm -hmm. the main thing that she did was she was one of the main lawyers in the case Abramowitz versus Lefkowitz, which was a huge precursor to Roe versus Wade. Ever heard of it? You're like, yes, 50 Mm -hmm. times tonight. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, So she, in 1972, she actually filed tax evasion charges with the IRS against the Catholic Church because she said that a campaign that they ran against abortion rights 
rights violated the separation of church and state. Yay! And she fucking won. Hello, hello. What? That's crazy. I'm sorry for screaming in the microphone. Screaming. I'm <laughs> that just made me so fucking hype. You and know as I mean? someone, as an Italian Catholic who abandoned Catholicism, I'm like, yes, Flo. <laughs> yes. I'm a Southern Baptist woman. I still go to church. Don't tell me. We have our differences. We have our differences. It's okay. It's I'm okay. in disguise because I don't want that motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to get into heaven, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I call her. (laughs) I call her, and she's like, I'm in church. And I'm like, I I never heard of it. Okay. (laughs) Never heard of it. Um, So, yeah, she was one of the few all-female lawyers in Abramowitz versus Lefkowitz, which was a class action suit that started to repeal the very, very strict, unfair, and fucking insane New York abortion laws. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And, and Roe versus Wade, they just emulated exactly what they did in the Barmerist case, yes. right? It was the same thing, all female. They, what did they, they needed to have women that had unsuccessful abortions mm-hmm. uh, testify, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, taking Malta, sitting themselves. Oh, we've got some stories for you, yeah. All kinds, kinds of shit. You know, I've tried to like throw myself down a staircase. I did time. some of those and things, And I used to like yeah. jump yeah. Off, the, um, <laughs> off the toilet bowl. Like I would like jump down. I was like, please come down, come, come down. Okay, sorry, that was personal. Okay, okay. sorry. Okay. <laughs> Alternative <laughs> medicine by Onika McLean. Okay. Um, so this case was so historical because it constituted mostly female lawyers, women of color, and female lawyers that were only practicing for but a few years. And again, they led historically because they wanted to have real women testify about how they had to go out of their ways to have illegal, unsafe abortions or how they were forced into motherhood. How fucking unfair is that? It right? Is because I have two kids, and you know what? They were my fucking idea, actually. I was trying, uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, to, I was trying to stay out my mother's house. Remember? Okay, okay. This this isn't, sorry, I'm sorry. This I'm isn't sorry. a show <laughs> about divorce and marital <laughs> <laughs> affairs. Okay. okay, okay. Back to flow. Back to flow. Back okay. to flow. So, Flo did something very <laughs> badass. She had a very nice apartment in East Harlem, New York with her sister Grace, and she said, what we need to do is get real-life testimonials from women of how they tried to not be pregnant, how they were forced into motherhood. Real, honest, raw, empowering and stories. And they invited those people into their, their house. 48 women yeah, that's a in lot her of apartment. That is, a, that is a house party. God that's damn. a house party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One woman said that she bathed in gin for 12 hours because she learned that that would stop a pregnancy. I, got I thought pregnant. about trying that. No, I definitely... I didn't bathe it. I drank. Okay. I drank it. It's Same. not about yeah. me. It's flow. Right. Another yeah. woman ingested an insane amounts of nutmeg because that's what she read would stop an abortion. Nutmeg. Another mm. woman had to escape to Chicago to go to a shelter for women who were forced into motherhood where she was working crazy 18-hour days while also being forced to raise a baby that she didn't want to carry to full term. All these crazy Just things. a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, and all these women testified. And Flo said that she demanded female judges in this case, knowing damn well that there were none. It was a male-dominated legal circuit in mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah. And she said, well, how the fuck are you going to have a bunch of men run a case that's about the female body? Am yeah. I right? How you feel? I'm right. Like, come on, ladies. Like, give me a break. Let's go. God. Yes. And someone said, the judge said in the middle of the case that uh, unwed mothers do not have a say in their own reproductive rights. Right, because you got to get a husband for that. Exactly. <laughs> they yeah, give yeah. you a voice. Oh, and Flo, <laughs> Flo lost her shit. Uh, you guys know Gloria Steinem? You guys yeah. heard of Gloria Steinem? They were very, very good friends. Gloria Steinem actually described Flo as being, uh, she did verbal karate, karate in, in the, the courtroom. courtroom. She was uh, like, yeah. And then, yes. so they were together one day, and this man, I'm sorry, men, but this man <laughs> came up to them and was like, oh, so you guys lesbians? Oh, and yeah. And Flo was like, 
are you my alternative? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is something crazy. Onika and I get often. <laughs> we do get that often. And right? I say I'm about to be. Yes, okay. It depends. I got three more. Okay, no. Yes. <laughs> so. Three more penises. About halfway through okay, Abramowitz so. versus Lefkowitz, uh, the abortion laws started to become a little bit more liberal. Things were changing, obviously, mm-hmm. before Roe versus Wade. But Flo went down in history as being the person who said that if men could get pregnant, abortion would basically be a sacrament. Shout out to fuck Catholicism one That's more time. Thank okay. you, guys. <laughs> Just fuck me. Father, son, holy, Planned Parenthood. Okay. Um, <laughs> get, get it out now. It's hurting That's my sad. back. Okay. Okay, sir. Um, and also, too, Flo's entire ethos was that women are the experts of their own bodies, and she was the kind of person who wanted to make sure that females were present in the courtroom so that for cases that affected the female body, there was a female voice there to advocate and support Fit it. For females. Yes. Power and to the vagina. And to the vagina. And Flo had incredible style. Again, in Aquarius, am I right? Okay. Or Libras, because that's what I am. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's our time, guys. Follow our podcast. Uh. <laughs> Violently funny. <laughs> it's very good. Um, also, too, this is not related to abortion, but we felt like as if it was a necessary piece of information to share about Flo. Uh, there were not enough female restrooms at Harvard University. Oh, yes. That's so dope. Let me tell you about that. Okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you're on one. You go ahead. <laughs> Wait, no, on. Don't sorry. let me stop this. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So it was at Harvard, right? <laughs> okay. So they were at Harvard, right? And then, you know, it was like no female bathrooms. Not like now where you can just like unisex them and shit but so there were no female bathrooms and so as a protest what she did was uh the the women went on the campus uh-huh. and they uh got fake urine and they threw it all and over they the threw steps it all of the over university the hall of the university as a pen yeah isn't that fucking dope yeah. that's disgustingly so then, dope as fuck listen that, i'm just saying the next time a Taco Bell in Union Square doesn't let you in to use the bathroom, something to consider. Okay. <laughs> and she protested Miss America. Yes. The Miss America pageant. So I'm just saying she was badass. Do your research. Yes. And I think we want to land on a very impactful quote from Flo. You that she it, had on. You want me to do it? Okay. Yeah. She's like, you got this. All right. Uh, so as quoted in Abortion Rap, the book that, co- that Flo co-authored, Flo Kennedy said, If you succeed in the motion to strike such testimony, meaning restricting abortion for females, Mm -hmm. of course we will not prevail. That does not for a moment stop us from building our case and stating our position and finding out how completely irrelevant these courts think women's experiences, ordeals, and feelings are. And we will be very much better informed about the nature of our proceedings and our courts once this matter has been ruled on. We shall not be surprised to learn that you are right and that there is truly no regard for women's ordeals and feelings in the United States of America. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Let's give it up for Flo, guys. Give it up for Flo. I'm Onika McLean. I'm Brittany Brave. We're finally funny. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. And we do dress like this every day. Just That's kidding. a lie. Yes, this is not my true. fashion. That was the woman of Violently Funny celebrating the story of Flo Kennedy. Violently Funny is a comedic podcast about domestic violence, dating, sex, and sisterhood hosted by survivors Onika McLean and Brittany Brave. Don't punch back, punch up. Follow them at Diva of Comedy, that's Onika McLean's, and Brittany Brave on Twitter and Instagram. And we recently jumped on their podcast, Kylie and I, little Never Let She Existed joint. Crossover. Crossover, um, where we go through the sad and bad, (laughs) but interesting history of domestic violence laws in America. So give it a listen. It's on their feed wherever you get your podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I hope you enjoyed hearing about Florence Ketty. I feel like so many more people need to know about how badass and incredible she was. If you just give her a little Google search, the first thing that comes up, of course, is her Wikipedia page. And my favorite thing is the image of her on the Wikipedia page yeah. is her in this leather vest, a, a giant cowboy hat, and giving the middle finger to the camera. And the most important part is that she is smiling while yeah. doing it all, which I fucking love. And that super resonates for me because that's sort of how, you know, abortion AF, we do our activism. It's like they truly, the people who are trying to take your rights truly hate the fact that you're joyous mm. um, about having bodily autonomy and being gay. It's the smile that kills them the most. <laughs> I really love it. And uh, they, they, they'll they do whatever they can to call us uncivil and tell us to shut the fuck up. But it's just that Middle finger paired with that smile that just melts my activist soul. It's a classic combo. Pairs <laughs> um, together very well. Yeah. Um, we need a Flo Kennedy back in today's world, oh. you know? Or at least that big Flo Kennedy energy. Um, yes. Is, I want to hear what she would say to Donald Trump every single day. She'd probably say, you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely um, not. She's so funny. She was, uh, she actually coined the term pentagonaria oh my god for yeah um, military that. intervention in vietnam but we just we just need that humor <sighs> back we love you flo folks this has been our penultimate episode mm-hmm. of our that's a second to last molly um, i know i was like what does that mean <laughs> that's some <laughs> latin term i don't know about of our boss of her body series uh we will see you on our final episode uh keep an ear out see you next time Hey, y'all. If you love this show and want to support us, please tell your friends. The more people who listen, the more we get to do this. And if you're near New York City at all, bring them to our live show. Nevertheless, She Existed is a production of Caveat Media. It's produced by me, Kylie Holloway, and edited by Paula Pickering. Our executive producers are Kate Downey and Ben Lilly. Head to caveat.nyc for live shows and coming soon, more podcasts. And if you like this podcast, please remember to hit that subscribe button and rate and review. Subscribe!